Welcome to Senior Connect, a podcast by Okra. In this episode of Carolyn's Caregiving Connection, Carolyn Lickabill shares some insights and tips on how to maintain connection with senior family and friends during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi everyone, I'm Carolyn, and welcome to this week's edition of Carolyn's Caregiving Connection. From the Lantern of Chagrin Valley Assisted Living Community just outside Cleveland, Ohio. I'm the Director of Sales and Marketing here at the Lantern of Chagrin Valley, and we are sister community to the Lantern of Madison and the Lantern of Saybrook, and uh, all part of the Lantern Lifestyle Company. So to learn more about us, any of our communities, any of our services, please visit our website at lanternlifestyle.com. Now, each of our communities does have a weekly program, just like this one, where we bring speakers, resources, ideas, and tips to our family members and caregivers all across the United States. And if you miss the program live, this particular program is on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Each program is recorded. It's available to you on demand whenever you wish to view it. Just go right to our Facebook page for our community and you'll be able to see the program for that community and the other communities. We also post them on LinkedIn and they are now shared on YouTube. So you have all kinds of uh, vehicles, if you will, to catch the information on our programs. I wanna thank all of you who've been tuning in over this last six weeks. We do appreciate your comments, your ideas and your suggestions. And actually in the coming uh, weeks here into end of September, we have a lot of really terrific guests and great topics that have been suggested by you. So be looking forward to those. Now, remember that if you do have any comments, uh, we invite you to put them on your uh, um, uh, screen right now, your keyboard, and you can send them right to us live. And you can also share them if you're looking at the program later. And we do follow up with everyone. So tonight, our topic is how to maintain connections with older loved ones during the COVID challenges. Now we've all been dealing with COVID since the beginning of the year, since about January or February. And right now we don't really know when things are gonna be getting better. So at this point, uh, one of the things we're trying to do is make the best of what we have to deal with and uh, see what we can do to help our residents here, your loved ones, whether they're living in their own home, living with you uh, or living anywhere across the country, feel connected in the absence of uh, not always having the opportunity to visit the way we have in the past. So for those of you who have relatives that are still living in their own home, we thought it might be helpful to give some ideas on how we can visit safely. So one of the first things is that if you're even thinking of a visit, make sure you've done that self-screening to make sure, do you have a temperature? Have you been exposed to someone who may have tested positive for COVID or who may have been in a risk area like the beach, like a big sporting event, a big party? You don't want to put yourself at risk and you certainly don't want to put an older relative at risk. Uh, have you been outside the country? Have you been traveling recently on a plane? Have you been to one of the states that's now on our travel watch list? And there are about 17 states now that if we are traveling to those states, and we come back to the state of Ohio where we are located here, then we have to self-quarantine for 14 days. So be alert to that. You can Google and find out what the um, 17 states are or give us a call. We'll be happy to let you know. 
So let's say we've kind of ruled that out and we want to go visit someone that is close to us and they're still living independently. One of the things that you may want to think about as you approach those visits are what services, if any, are needed and how can we help them access those services as well as finding creative and innovative ways to just maintain social contact. So we've talked in past shows about some of the resources that are available, not just here in Northeast Ohio, but across the country. Every county has an office on aging. Every county has a senior center. Every county has a transportation service. So there are some services that, again, are available in every single community of the country. When we have an older uh, loved one who's living independently, uh, they may not be going out, of course, because of the COVID concerns, and they may need help with some of the services that keep them living independently. So one of the first ones is taking a look at the financials. Is there Social Security check? Is there pension check? Are there VA or government checks? Whatever it is they have as income, are those all going into a direct deposit account? So they're not receiving checks in the mail and then being worried about trying to get to a bank to make a deposit. So direct deposit is definitely the way to go today. Are there bills that they're paying, the routine utilities, gas, electric, phone, are those all set up for direct pay? Are they all set up perhaps for an online billing through their bank? Uh, if you are a family member, you may already have access. You may be helping them already. So anything that we can do that limits the need to go to a bank, to go to a uh, utility company, to go anywhere to pay anything, that's a plus. So do as much online as we can. It also gives us excellent records that we can save and download to a file. We don't need all that paper. So we can either shred on the paper that we don't need or simply go to paperless billing, if you will. Does the loved one that we're concerned about have medications? And are those medications uh, able to be ordered online? We have OptumRx, Express Scripts. Those are national companies that are um, supported by many of the uh, major insurance companies. And uh, the prescriptions can either be 30-day or something that's even more efficient and less expensive is the 90-day supply. So thinking of a mail-order medication is great. And today, because of COVID, uh, we have more of the national pharmacies delivering. So here in Northeastern Ohio, CVS Pharmacy does deliver. So that's something to think about. Again, another way to get that taken care of. Same thing with groceries. Do any of the grocery stores in your area either deliver or can you use a service like Instacart, which again will pick it up and have the items delivered. Some of our residents here uh, do use something like Instacart to get their specialty products and things that they enjoy. You can also use a service uh, where you can order just about anything online today. So Amazon.com, Walmart, Target, any of those larger national stores are great for things like all your paper products, your toilet tissue, your facial tissue, your paper towels, all your household cleaning products, dishwashing liquid, all your toiletries, any of your incontinence supplies, your over-the-counter items, and many of your food items can also be ordered and shipped. So that takes that burden away from the older person to worry about, am I going to need to get out in order to get something that I routinely use? Or again, you don't have to make the trip for them. Everything's ordered online. Some people get the same order every two weeks and then they know they have the supplies in hand. There's nothing to worry about. And we're in a contactless environment, if you will, where we're not exposed to any germs by going into a store. 
Are there items that are needed for home health care? Uh, perhaps the person that you're concerned about has been living independently, but now they need a little bit more help with either home health, which would be grooming, bathing, uh, being able to get some uh, assistance with those personal activities every day, which we call activities of daily living, or they may need help with home care. So home care could mean I'm doing okay, I'm able to take a shower, I'm able to manage my medications, I'm able to you know, take care of those kinds of things, but I need a little help doing the laundry. Maybe my washer and dryer is in the basement and I don't want to manage those stairs. I need help to clean my house. I need help to change my sheets. I need help to take care of my little pets. So that becomes more of a home care versus home health care. And in many communities, through the senior center, through the Office on Aging, there may be some services available. So make that a first call, your Office on Aging, your senior center. If uh, your loved one isn't eligible for services through your community, then there may be private agencies, and there are many of them. It's the most growing field there is, and that is to provide those supportive services to keep people in their own home. If you're concerned about someone's safety, think about technology. You have the ability to uh, go to any uh, home um, depot, Lowe's, a store like that, and get Ring or get one of these other uh, devices, if you will, that puts cameras throughout the house on the inside, on the outside, on the windows, and uh, lets that person know that they've got a little bit more safety if there's an intruder. It also lets you know if there's someone coming to deliver a package. Uh, it gives you the opportunity to view their home anytime you wish on your own smartphone, if perhaps you're a child or the one that's watching over a loved one. My husband and I have uh, this service, and we use it even on vacation to check our house, make sure it's in good order. Uh, we use it sometimes to check our little dog and make sure things are, are well there inside the house. So you can have cameras inside and outside. Now, you may know who John Walsh is. He had a popular television program for many years and he has uh, the life alert device now that he helps promote so that's a little pendant similar to what residents wear in some of the assisted living communities costs about thirty dollars a month and it is a device that people can wear and if they feel ill if they fall they push a little button and that button then immediately alerts a call center it alerts 911 and then it can also be uh, set up to alert you if you're the family member via smartphone. So those are ways that we can help watch over someone who may be a little bit more frail. They're still living independently, but we have some concerns about them. So a couple of these, those devices are newer, you know, and uh, they're very helpful. Now, another thing you might want to think about is transportation. Perhaps your loved one isn't able to get out to medical appointments. There again may be transportation available through the Senior Center, the Office on Aging, and if so, those programs are usually federally funded and you're paying two or three dollars each way. Very affordable. If you don't have that service in your community or perhaps there's a waiting list, you might even try something as simple as Uber. Uh, Uber is very affordable. It's much less expensive than an ambulette or an ambulance service. You can contact your local hospital, and many of the very large teaching hospitals have their own services now. They've gone to Uber Health, or they've gone to other transportation uh, contractors or vendors that will help pick people up for appointments. So always check those things out. So our first approach was making sure that you know people had those resources and we were helping them be a little bit more secure in living independently, especially during these times when they can't get out or we don't want them getting out as much. 
But the second approach that we wanted to focus on is how to stay connected to someone who's living independently in their own home. So one of the things that we can do is if we're planning a visit ourselves, like I said, do that self-screening, make sure we're not at risk and we're not putting someone else at risk. Uh, we can also think if we're going to travel to get to that person's home, perhaps they don't live near us or in our town, travel by car is always better than travel by plane right now. Uh, and if you have the ability to travel by car, kind of plan your uh, trip, if you will, take your own snacks and your drinks and uh, what have you so that you're not having to make as many stops except for gas. So you're not touching everything. If you're going to a spot where you need to uh, make rest stops and use the restroom, try to use the ones that are more the commercial rest stop versus stopping at the gas station. You know, take your own uh, antibacterial wipes and do a little cleaning before you use that restroom, if you will, so you're making it safer for yourself. Um, once you can get to that person that you're going to visit, take a look at, are you going to stay at that person's home or are you going to find another location? If their home is safe for you, uh, they haven't been exposed to anything, you know that you're not bringing any potential risk, then make that work for yourself. If you're going to stay at a hotel or another place like that, you know, take some extra cleaning supplies with you to make sure you've uh, got that extra protection for doorknobs and uh, thresholds and uh, bathrooms and that kind of thing. Make sure you're always wearing a mask when you're at least first visiting. Uh, you want to make sure the other people are wearing a mask if it's comfortable and they can breathe and what have you. You can buy masks today for, you know, just uh, pennies. Uh, most of the stores today have a lot of PPE or personal protection equipment available, and you're getting masks now for a dollar, even two for a dollar. I see them at many of the drugstores in the area. If you're uh, going to visit someone, make sure you have that uh, sanitization uh, gel with you, you know, sanitizing gel. There's all brands, they're all available now. Keep some in your handbag, in your car, wherever you're going to be traveling, and always use that as much as you can. And of course, we're going to practice good hand hygiene by washing our hands uh, all through the day. If you're going to visit someone and it's going to be a short visit, you're not going out of town, can you visit on their deck? Can you visit on their porch? So there's a lot of fresh air. We know that with COVID, we want as much fresh air moving as we can. So if we can visit outside and we have fresh air, that's fantastic. Can you visit through a window like we do here at the Lantern? We have window visits and we also have what we call outdoor visits. Can we visit that way to minimize our exposure? If you're going to be connecting with these loved ones for a big event, like a family reunion or a wedding, you really want to pay attention to that social distancing. It's very hard because we want to be with our relatives. We all want to have a good time. But remember, the younger ones may be carriers and may not know it. So we really want to uh, take a look at how we can be together, but be six feet apart and limit exposure to especially anyone who's got the sniffles or a little bit of a fever, any of those things. So be mindful of that. Make sure that there's no hugging when you first uh, connect with a new visit. We all want to hug people hello and goodbye, especially those people that we love so much, but those are risky uh, behaviors right now. Uh, make sure we don't let the little children run around so close to grandma and grandpa. Uh, let's keep at that distance again. You might have to have a little talk with them in advance. Um, there used to be a saying, I remember when uh, kids in our family were little hands in pockets, hands in pockets when we would go to the store. Same thing to remember here, hands in pockets. Don't let the little ones be touching everything and then have those uh, items be the same things that an older person would be touching. 
Um, if you're traveling from out of town, something you might want to uh, think about is let's not make it the kind of trip where we're going to see the sights. This is not the time to go visiting all the museums and going all around town to see the sites you haven't seen in a few years. This might be the time, though, that if you are going to go out, you're going to go to a park. You're going to go to an area where there's fresh air. You're going to be somewhere where you can walk and move and have social distancing. So those are the places you might want to visit if you need to get out of the house, but trying, again, not to visit the museums and the ballparks and the theaters and those kinds of places. Certainly... Um, Pay heed to things like visiting the big restaurants where you're going to be waiting or perhaps um, having a lot of people in that restaurant. Something you might want to think about instead of going to a restaurant would be making a meal together. So if you're able to pick up some items or perhaps there are already some food items in the home, it's a great way to make that communal meal that everyone loves and you share the conversation, you share the time together, and you don't share the risk of uh, being out in the community. So now how can we manage uh, being connected to someone who is living in an assisted living or a skilled nursing or a senior care community. That's a little bit tougher because the government has uh, kind of limited our access to one another. We've only recently begun what is called the um, open visitation or the outdoor visitation. So there's still many limits to that, but that doesn't mean we can't be connected. So one of the things we can think about is using technology. Now here at the Lantern and many other uh, communities like ours, the communities may use Skype. Skype is a service where you use a tablet. Here at the Lantern, people sign up on our website. They get a spot, just like an appointment, and then our staff is uh, making that tablet available to their loved one and facilitating a communication. So usually 15 or 20 minutes is plenty of time for a call like that. You might use FaceTime, that's very popular. Although FaceTime on a cell phone is a little bit harder to view, FaceTime on an iPad may work a little bit better. Uh, some folks are now also using Facebook. They have a new service where you can communicate just like FaceTime. And you can use Zoom. Now, Zoom is a little tougher uh, if someone has difficulty hearing or has any kind of cognitive impairment because you have all the little screens. kind of looks like the Brady Bunch, you know, uh, commercial we used to see. And um, what you'll have then is so many people talking at the same time, there's a little bit of a delay and they may over talk one another. So it can make it very difficult to follow the conversation. So that's really uh, primarily used when you know that the person can follow along. And there are those that can, but it may be better to stick with the one-on-one -on -one, if you will. Now, if you're able to do window visits, something that's very popular is make some signs ahead of time. Bring those so you can stick them right in the, the yard or the grounds uh, right in front of the window and kind of make it festive and decorative. You can also have the young ones in the family draw some pictures and you can tape those right to the window so even after your visit they remain. Or you can take them and you know make them available to the staff and they'll bring them inside. You might also use some washable markers and those are all available right now at back to school time so you can make drawings and write greetings and all that kind of thing. Uh, you also can use, uh, you see it here, the blue uh, painter's tape, and you make your own tic-tac-toe on the window frames and play a game while you're visiting. So those are some popular things to do with window visits. And window visits are a great way to see the family pets. So you bring them, and grandma and grandpa can see the pets, but of course there's no touching. But it's fun to see them jumping around and, and what have you. Now, you may also find that um, you want to be able to have an outdoor visit, and that's kind of new now. 
with assisted living and skilled nursing facilities. So usually there's either a little booth created or a table with plexiglass, a little living room uh, vignette, however they've got it set up for you. It's designed so that your loved one is on one side of the table or an area and you're on the other side. So there's no touching. Typically there's no food or drink. There are no pets. And your children have to be able to understand that they can't run around and uh, hug grandma and touch grandma. So there's no touching in order to help preserve uh, you know, our health and our risk, if you will. But during the outdoor visits, it's a great time to not just uh, kind of go through what I call 20 questions. How are you today? What time did you get up? What did you eat today? You know, did you go to therapy today? Kind of sounds like 20 questions. But if you can pick a theme and kind of focus on that, it may help you have a nice visit. Now, one of the things I like to do when I start a visit is have affirmations, so positive things to say. So you might find that one of the first things you want to say is, I'm so glad to see you. You look great. I'm so glad to um, see you doing well today. Uh, what a beautiful day it is. So even if a person isn't well, but you're able to visit them, you can find an affirmation. I'm so glad we got this time together this afternoon. What a beautiful uh, weather we have. The clouds are gorgeous. How wonderful to sit outside. So you're starting your visit off with some positive comments, positive affirmations. And then if you have a theme, it could be as simple as you brought a photo album with you. We've had a few families here do that. And they take the old fashioned photo album with the plastic pages and that way they can sanitize them and wipe them down. But they focus on different pictures with each visit. So it could be that you've taken pictures of grandma and she's there in her high school um, senior picture or prom pictures or maybe early pictures of dating grandpa. And so your conversation is, I came across these pictures this week, uh, mom, and it just reminded me of uh, uh, the times that you've talked about when you met dad, tell me that story again. How did you meet dad? How did you meet grandpa? If you have military pictures, you can say, grandpa, I know you were in the Navy or the Marines or the Army, whatever branch of the service it was. I'm so proud of your service to our country. I was thinking, I've never really asked you a lot about it. Tell me, how was it to be in boot camp? Um, how was it for you? Tell me about your experiences being in Italy. You know, whatever you may know, those tidbits, get those family stories. Uh, you may find pictures that were sports related. Maybe your relative was engaged in sports over the years. It could be that they've won awards. So use those photos during your visits to have conversations that relate to life experiences. Those will always lead you to more conversation than that 20 questions. What did you have for dinner? Did you do this? Did you do that? That can become very taxing for someone. But if we're recalling positive memories from the past, it's going to flow so much more readily. Now, the other thing that you can do is think about, um, would these visits be a time you want to start your own uh, family project? It could be a video project. There are many apps today that you can get that allow you to kind of chronicle some of these life events we're talking about, add in some photos that you can scan, add in some documents, and now you're telling the story of your family. You could even do a family recipe book. Uh, it could start with, you know, you're talking with grandma about her special spaghetti sauce or her uh, specialty holiday dessert that she makes. And so she's talking about her recipe. Then you can uh, even record your visits if you wish while you're on your outdoor visit. And maybe one of your other relatives can make that dish 
um, and you're incorporating those videos, those photographs, pictures of her recipe cards, all of that into your own family cookbook that you can share with other family members. But it becomes something to talk about when you're visiting and allows you to, again to chronicle the legacy of your family. So you can do that on, again, a recipe book. You can do one that's about life experiences in your family. And those uh, interviews over time become the story of your family or the story of grandma and grandpa. And I've seen some wonderful, wonderful uh, resulting projects. Some of them can be a book. Uh, you can print some of that material. You can add, again, like I said, scanned photos, documents, military records, whatever it is, and your own videos and create something that has a very lasting legacy in your family. And they often can be used then as a tribute film uh, when that time comes for us. Now, something else you may want to think about is, um, um, aside from using these apps and what have you, uh, is there a way for you to share an experience? It could be that you're old movie buffs or you like to watch game shows, or you like to watch those series that they have on PBS, like The Crown or Victoria. You like NASCAR racing, you like the baseball games. Those could be times that you kind of uh, can trigger your visit with a maybe a phone call and you're touching in with them. I just wanna remind you, our favorite program is gonna start in 10 minutes, in 15 minutes. And maybe during the program, you're talking about it because that's something in common. Uh, you can also maybe have a call after the program. So again, finding something that's a shared interest, making it a shared experience of watching it. Um, some people even play chess. They play another game. I'm moving to this, this position, to that position. You know, so think about ways you can be creative in using technology to stay in you know, contact with people. We know that when we are alone, we're at risk of becoming isolated and lonely. And when we become lonely and isolated, we're at risk then of depression. And when we're at risk of depression, we're at risk of a whole lot of things. Not getting dressed by, I'm not going to see anyone today. Um, not having um, anything to eat, or I'm going to eat cookies or crackers or whatever is in front of me. Those things lead to a decline in health. So we don't want to see a decline in physical health coming because we simply don't have connections to the outside world. Those are things we can readily work on, if you will. So um, I hope that tonight we've uh, given you some new ideas on how to reach out to a loved one, whether you're traveling across the country to connect, whether you're staying in touch with someone local and kind of helping watch over their affairs and making sure that they're connected to you via technology, you know, whether it's just phone calls, whether it's getting the kids to send pictures or involving your friends and family and church contacts to send greeting cards. And uh, again, just every little connection is an, another connection, another touch point, literally, if you will. So if these ideas have been helpful to you, we uh, are so appreciative of that. And we hope that if you have ideas of your own, you'll add them in the comments section when you get to view this video and share them with others. So I want to thank everyone who tuned in tonight to Carolyn's Caregiving Connection. As I said, we've got some terrific guests coming up in the next uh, six and eight weeks here. Some very great topics, and we're thankful to you uh, for suggesting those to us. We do want to ask if you'll help us grow this program by going to your Facebook page and liking, uh, also sharing with others in your family or influence uh, circle there, if you will. We certainly, again, welcome your comments. Remember that the program is recorded. So as soon as this program is ended, within about 10 minutes, it will be uh, posted on our Facebook page. It'll be shared on the Facebook pages of other, other communities. It'll be on LinkedIn, and it will also be on YouTube. 
Now, if you would like to appear as a guest and perhaps you have a service or a business that targets uh, older individuals or their family members, please give me a call. I'd be very happy to talk with you and perhaps you could be a guest on our program. I invite you to tune in next week on Thursday at 7 for our next uh, edition of Carolyn's Caregiving Connection. And until then, I wish you the best for today and always. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit us at www.okra.com for more great content.